Shravya, what if I told you that I could take you into a time machine and show you our future versions of ourselves? Uh, I don't think I'd believe you. Well, wait just a minute. This interview with two members from the UC San Diego women's tennis team might prove you wrong and me right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans, where you host Josefina and Shravya. Shravya and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Josefina and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the young female voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for, so we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more. So we're back with another episode of Hold On To Your Racket. It is April 6th and actually National Student Athlete Day. And luckily, we have some college student athletes here with us today as guests so that we'll interview them, get to know them, get to know a little about a little bit about the process that they went through to get there and just get to know the system kind of because... I mean, it's important to highlight it, especially since we are kind of a Gen Z podcast. So we really want to highlight the youth in the tennis world. And these two girls are going to be here to help us. Yeah, so today we have with us uh, Juliana Sibyl and Kara Puscasio, who are two sophomores from the University of California, San Diego, and they're also members of the UC San Diego women's tennis team. So um, very exciting. We're super excited to have sort of the college athlete perspective um, on the podcast before um, for the first time. So yeah, let's let's dive right in. Yeah, so we'll start with you guys introducing yourselves, like where you're from, age or year, um, your position on the team, or what matches you play on the team, and how you two became friends. All right, well, I'm super happy to be here. Thank you for having us. Um, I'm Kara, and I'm from NorCal, and I have been injured for a while because I was severely concussed, so at the moment, I'm not playing any matches, um, but I do like to play singles. Um and I'm a second year data science major. Hi, I'm super excited to be here too. I'm Juliana. Um, I am a, sorry, I'm a second year global health major. I'm on the pre-med track, so I'm doing OCHEM right now, so that's so much fun. Um, but yeah, on the team, I switch off between six and seven singles and then three or four doubles. Very fun. All right, so tell us a little bit about the UC San Diego Tritons. We know they're D1. Um, they're part of the Big West Conference, but tell us a little bit about the team, um, the school. Um, what's that? What's the team environment like? Yeah, I mean, um, last year we were D2, and so this year is our transition into Division One. We're definitely playing a lot better schools this year. Um, tough competition is super tough this year, but our team is fairly young. We don't have any seniors. There's two juniors, six sophomores and four freshmen right yeah three well three are in san diego right mm-hmm. now and we have a fourth one coming next year yeah and so we're super young and we're honestly super excited to compete in division one now so how did you guys get involved in tennis like what role did tennis play in your life in high school or when did you really start to take tennis more seriously um i actually started tennis pretty late i started at 13 years old I was moving around a lot um, when I was a kid internationally and I kind of settled down in NorCal when I was around 12, 13 years old and I kept seeing my dad go to his tennis club every single day and 
it really made me want to go out there and play even though I had never played before it just seemed like it was so much fun and after signing up for random little tennis camps I became extremely passionate about it super fast and it motivated me to want to play college tennis no, honestly, 13 is super late, yeah. actually, especially for a Division One player. Yeah. Like, I actually started when I was seven. Like, that's when I first picked up a racket. Um, I kind of did the thing where my parents put us in, put, like, us as in, like, me and my siblings and like, different sports and different hobbies just to see what we liked the most. And honestly, I think we stuck with tennis because that was my mom's favorite sport. So she would always just want to watch tennis. So that's what I started playing, and that's what I continued playing. Um, but I didn't get competitive until I was like 11. So it was more of like just like hitting every week um, from 7 to 11. But then started playing tournaments when I was 11. Very cool. All right. So when did you guys realize that college tennis was an option? Because I know me personally, I didn't know that college tennis was a thing until like a few years ago. Um, and, you know, did you always have your eyes set on playing tennis in college? Um, if not, when did you begin to think about it? How did it start becoming a part of like, you know, your vision for what your life after high school would look like? Um, that's a really good question. And honestly, it was, I have a specific day that I remember where I was like, I need to play college tennis. And it was after I got like third place in a tournament and I fell on my butt and I lost like, I lost a match and it was just, it was a whole disaster. It was like not a good day. And my dad, as a surprise, took me to the UC Berkeley courts to watch um, like a semi-professional tournament. And um, the number one player from the men's team was playing in the finals of the semi-professional tournament. And I remember watching and I remember just being on the college courts and thinking like, this is what I want to do. I And that was the moment that it switched for me where it wasn't just playing two three times a week it was training four or five days a week and then playing tournaments on the weekend and it just it completely switched something for me and inspired me a lot that's so cool <laughs> i feel like for me i um i guess i forgot to say where i'm from but i'm from orange county but my family and i moved from san bernardino county to orange county when i was I think in middle school when I was in sixth grade and that's when I transitioned to a more competitive coach and that coach his goal for all of his students was basically for us to act for us to be competitive and competitive to him meant like college tennis so once I started winning more open tournaments and all of that stuff I definitely wanted to play college tennis. So obviously, since you guys just talked about how you realized college tennis was an option and you really started to think about it, how did you go about the specific recruitment and college application process, whether it was specific to your high schools or if um, your high school experiences really drove you and helped you to get where you are right now? Yeah, I feel like for um, for me personally, I reached out to Liz, who is our head coach, um, because UCSD was my dream school. So, and I really wanted to play tennis with them, especially like being at that Division Two, transitioning to Division One. Um, that was kind of at the perfect level for me. So, yeah, I reached out. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, basically the same thing. Just thinking UCSD was really a great option. Um, because the recruitment into D2 is obviously a little bit easier to, you know, get attention from the coaches. And the fact that we just went straight into D1 after our first year was really, like, lucky. I feel very fortunate for us to say that we're D1 athletes. Yeah, super fortunate that she <laughs> emailed us back. Yeah, very fortunate for that. 
So since you guys started to kind of get more serious, like you were saying in high school, how did you really start to balance academics and athletics as you like really got onto this path? Oh, it definitely takes a lot of time management, organization, and like that discipline, right? I feel like, especially in high school, my day consisted of going to school at 7 a.m., going to practice at 3 p.m., and then literally once practice was done at like five or six, I would go straight to homework and then I just slept. So it was a very organized time schedule, I'd say, in high school. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it's definitely a lot of discipline and you have to want it. I, um, I went to school in NorCal, at high school in NorCal for two years and I would play before school started at like five and then go to school and then go to practice after and then do homework and after that was that was really rigorous for me and it was a lot so I decided to head to boarding school in Florida to um, increase my chances of you know getting recruited and really making the most of my high school academic life as well as taking in as much tennis as I could but it's definitely a balance and um, it's it's hard but it's definitely worth it if that's your if those are your goals. So what ultimately drew the two of you guys to UC San Diego? Was it just sort of the tennis program? What else about it? Um, or what else more specifically about the tennis program? I guess both on the athletics and academic side. What do you really like about that school? And why did you kind of want to go there? Yeah, well, for me, UCSD was definitely my number one because of tennis. Um, the Division two level was perfect for me, I think. And I'm so lucky to be um, here when they're transitioning to Division one. Um, I think besides tennis, definitely, like, you can't beat, like, the La Jolla weather, the La Jolla location, and the academics at UCSC is just great. Like, they offer what I want to do in life, and so it was a perfect match for me. Yeah, definitely. You can really explore your options at UCSD. I'm extremely grateful to have gone into the major that I did, because um, data science is really competitive, and so is, so is her major. I mean, going pre-med at any, like, STEM university is 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 a really big accomplishment and um, the fact that we have a supportive team that really supports and prioritizes our academics it's um it's really great so actually let's talk a little bit more about that since we've kind of veered into the academic sides like we were saying how do you balance academics and athletics in high school but obviously the college experience is different in that sense so can you talk a little bit about how you balance the athletic and academic demands when moving into a university level yeah I mean I feel like as I said before high school was definitely more um schedule based right strictly to a schedule I feel like in college your schedule is a little weirder um your classes are like at 8 a.m or 8 p.m and then there's like practice right in the middle of the day at 1 p.m so it's definitely really up to you on how you manage your time and how you organize your day um personally I do like the schedule the scheduling of the day so I like set aside time for studying when I'm not practicing. Um, it's funny because I think what's most helpful to me is having this fat sticky note on my laptop and just having like all my dates of um, exams, quizzes, homework due dates, and like our matches and like, like workout schedules um, on there. So I kind of can visualize and like see what um, I have to do in a day and throughout the week. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's you're really in control of your life in college. You really have to be the one who motivates yourself to get up for those 8 a.m.s. And um, honestly, tennis really keeps me 
strict and it keeps me disciplined because it's something in the day that I know I can't miss, that I know I can't be late for. And then I take that mentality into every lecture that I have to go to or especially with online school right now, it's really hard to want to, you know, get out of bed at 8 a.m. and open up your laptop and just knowing you have to like get up and get in front of the camera like it's 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 harder to motivate yourself and I feel like having tennis as a balance and tennis as kind of just saying like okay you you need to do this and it, it kind of translates into your academics as well and you're completely in control of all of it you you have to be the one who wants to do it um so yeah awesome I mean that's definitely some uh, much needed advice because not only is it difficult to try a uh, transition from high school to college but especially now I feel like in the online school environment that's a piece of advice that both high schoolers and college students can certainly take um, but our next question is actually a little bit different but you know being a college athlete or an athlete is one thing but also I feel like being a female athlete also shapes your experiences in so many ways. So um, how has it sort of being a female athlete, you know, shaped your experience throughout, you know, growing up playing tennis in high school and college? And who would you say are your greatest female role models? It could be within the sport, could be totally, you know, not in, within the sport whatsoever. But yeah. Yeah, I feel like being a female athlete definitely has, like, has its barriers, right? Um, we saw that with the NCAA um, March Madness. We saw how, um, I'm sure you guys saw the viral videos of how the female athletes did not get the same equipment, did not get the same weights as the men, um, which is actually something we saw on our own team where the men's tennis team got a lot more gear, a lot more um, stuff than we did. So we are trying to overcome that barrier right now, actually. <laughs> um, we reached out to the athletic department and we're trying to see what their response is to this kind of discrepancy, right? Just to highlight the differences between the female athlete and the male athlete experience, especially at a division one level, just because um, that's the only thing that's separating us is gender. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's definitely something right now that our team has been working on and communicating with, um, with our athletic department, which I feel like is a really great step for us, especially since these issues are now arising, you know, around the country. Um, yeah, they've definitely always been here, but I feel like now we're definitely like voicing our opinions about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the problems have always been here, but I feel like in times like right now, um, definitely just everything being more progressive and standing up for ourselves like these, these type of experiences, we're definitely speaking out about them more. Um, just being like a female athlete in general, I think is a different experience as being a male athlete, just because not only like there's different treatments, you know, and there's different, you know, money that goes into it, but also just the pressure that we're put under and the fact that women are just looked at completely different. We're looked at more of um, how do you physically look and do you look like an athlete or do you look like a, like a how do you like a feminine girl and that's something that a lot of female athletes struggle with that has just completely been pushed under the rug um a lot of us have struggled with eating disorders and and body image issues just because like these issues are just completely brushed under the rug and everyone ignores them but I think every female athlete can relate to those types of problems so it's definitely something that we talk about in like between ourselves yeah. we've talked about it a lot how it's just something that we both relate to and I bet asking any other uh, female athlete, you can you can get the same type of. Yeah, it's funny because we're what the both like the shortest girls on yeah, the team. Yeah, we're probably. both like so tiny. <laughs> yeah, so um, we definitely I feel like we don't fit into the stereotypical like D one athlete, um, like shape I guess right. Um, 
like body image is definitely something I've had to encounter or is an issue I've had to face as a female athlete just because obviously like my shoulders would be broader right I'm a little um, more muscle right and I don't really fit into the typical Asian beauty standards especially that I'm I grew up thinking about and knowing um, it's like I don't fit into that like petite small category I'm like I'm basically built different right yeah she's just (laughs) built different (laughs) and so I had to like kind of accept that for myself and learn to like love what my body does as a Mm -hmm. division one athlete yeah it takes a lot of time but honestly anytime I would I would question myself or anytime you know I would see my eating patterns change because of these issues I would remind myself that I'm not going to be strong and I'm not going to be athletic if I don't take care of my body the right way and literally like your body is your temple and you should do anything you can to take care of it and to be the best athlete you can and really not let you know those the social norms just get in the way of that Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We think it's amazing that especially like in this era where we're really overcoming that like ignorance is bliss kind of barrier when it comes to sexism and issues like that. And we think it's awesome that you guys are speaking out about it and really acting out and making change because that's just that's amazing and so inspiring to like female athletes around the world. Definitely. Yeah, because you can't, you know, we see it probably gets the most publicity on like maybe the pro level with March Madness, that's such a widely, you know, publicized event. But, you know, there's if that's happening, that clearly means that there's so much stuff, you know, underneath and, like, different levels of sport or in the same level of sport, but, you know, in a different, you know, maybe less publicized event that's going on, too. So there's clearly, you know, in whatever little, you know, chip in the stone that you can make to sort of break through that is definitely very important. And yeah, we're, as Josephina said, super grateful to you guys for making that move, too. Um... Just to follow up on our last question, though, since, you know, we know that tennis is often a very, um, tennis is known for being a sport where we see a lot of activism or, you know, a lot of notable, um, you know, you know, activists with from at the pro level or at whatever level, you know, with Naomi Osaka or, or Venus Williams, you know, in the present, maybe people like Billie Jean King in the past. So we wanted to follow up on our question of who have your greatest female role models been over, you know, the past few years? Um, honestly, I, I, I am inspired by a lot of female athletes. I'd definitely say that Serena has always been, um, a female athlete I look up to. I think her strength is incredible. I think she defies any norms that was, you know, really brought up in the sport. And she's just shown that she is an absolute beast with class and, um, beauty and strength so yeah, yeah. She, she and Venus are definitely big like strong powerful women in the game right um, they definitely did a lot with I'm pretty sure like with the like the winning money right mm-hmm. like they made it equal yeah so yeah now the winnings for women and men in Grand Slams are equal because of them and a lot of what they do with their money that they have earned is going to places like Compton where they grew up and and going to like great organizations so it's very inspiring to see them make changes in not only the tennis community but just in the communities that they grew up in as well yeah I feel like also Osaka I mean Asian representation is always good especially on media right yeah. definitely yeah. she's awesome <laughs> she's yeah Osaka there's no there's yeah, there's no shortage of <laughs> awesome women in tennis, mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so now we've talked about overcoming barriers like that. Now we're going to kind of veer back to the student athlete kind of topic. So what are some great what are some of the greatest challenges that you guys have faced as student athletes and how do you cope with them? Since you talked about how you actually um spoke out about the problems between the male and female teams, so obviously that's one way of coping, but kind of on the academic side more what what are some ways that you kind of deal with it with the stress the anxiety that comes with that like tough schedule yeah I mean again like as we said before organization and time management is like key to like keeping our sanity um as student or like what we say scholar athletes um I feel like we just definitely have to balance our time and just remember to give time to ourselves as well because we're always so busy um it's always important to take care of yourselves at the end of the day Yeah, for sure. I feel like in high school, I kind of just, you know, got all my classes done and, you know, I put in all the work that I needed and, you know, good grades came kind of easy. And then when I got here, I kind of just got slapped with reality. Like, you can't just get away with starting your homework assignment and at like 6 p.m. if it's due at midnight, like you have to start in advance. I think the moment I got to college, my time management skills just improved so much and I think that's just the most important thing is being disciplined with yourself and managing your time but also giving yourself time to relax and socialize because it is college after all. Yeah and I feel like the athletic department gives us a lot of resources to reach out to if we needed it whether it's like like free therapy mm-hmm. or like free tutoring like those resources are available to us. Yeah. So have you found the experience of being on the tennis team to be helpful in other aspects of your college life? And whether it be, you know, taking some stress off, whether it be, you know, just adding a whole other experience. So kind of what have you found to be, you know, most um, beneficial from your experience on the team? And, you know, how has, you know, the team dynamic of, you know, having that community helped with that? Yeah, I mean, I met some of my closest friends on the tennis team. I mean, I live with one of them now. (laughs) And so I know, like, these girls that I became so close with are going to be in my life, like, forever. I know I can depend depend on them, like, on and off the court. So it's a great feeling to have that, like, these people are here for me. Yeah, I I was going to say exactly that, but in a less, like, deep way. (laughs) Like, I was just going to be like, it's great socially to have a team because you have a built-in friend group, but um, she said it in a great way, just having these friends and making amazing connections. Yeah, and besides that, we also have, like, the entire athletic department, right? Yeah, I feel exactly. like we've definitely made, like, friends in other athletic teams, so mm-hmm. it, it feels great to, like, have, like, these friends with you, especially, like, in such, like, a remote setting. Yeah, exactly. It's so nice to have a, a close-knit community, um, not just your team. I mean, we only have 12 girls, but there's over 100 a hundred athletes who are just looking for friends, looking to socialize, and so it's so nice to have this community at UCSD as well. Yeah, so like obviously on the team, you guys kind of have that built-in friendship because you have tennis in common that comes naturally, but some, what are your favorite memories from your time on the team, whether it be matches, practices, off-court interactions, it could be anything. I mean, it's always nice to hang out with um, Cara outside of tennis, just because we get along so well as friends um, off the court as well. Um, I guess, like, tennis-wise, definitely winning, like, our match against Point Loma last year was definitely, like, a big breakthrough for me. I feel like I won at 
three doubles and six singles and I think that was probably like the happiest I felt with um, my tennis career thus far just because I um, I think that was like my first win at six which counted for the score and so I was super happy with that win and we ended up winning that match too yeah she played literally amazing <laughs> like it was it was an amazing match honestly I'd say my favorite is my favorite memory or just my favorite three days of memories was when we just got to go to Hawaii the other week to play um, University of Hawaii in Honolulu, and it was so much fun. She won her match, and she did literally amazing. It was crazy. Like, she cried after the match, oh and I was, like, I, was like, I was like, did you lose? And she's like, no, I won. I'm like, then why are you crying? You're ruining your lashes. Like, stop. <laughs> no, I was super pumped after that match because yeah. they're just known to be really good. Yeah. Um, a lot of their players are foreign who tend to be like like the good skillful players so yeah. i was just super pumped to win my match yeah over. it was it was such you played super well too thank you yeah she got to play in the second match but <laughs> yeah i i got to watch because i was playing five you were mm-hmm. playing seven yeah. during the second match so we were near each yeah. other and we were able to like cheer each other on so it was like yeah. a good time it was the first match i played in a while and it was really nice to be playing right next to her just to have that support and so that was a really great memory and we were both playing like really well yeah, too we and just supporting one another so it for me it was like a great experience to to have that match yeah yeah i know you said you're coming back from a coming back from a concussion injury yes. right so how has how has that been the comeback trail from that um you know but for both of you i guess like dealing with injuries or not being able to play matches with the team how's that yeah. experience like i continuously like? tend to injure myself and it's been very <laughs> annoying i got into a skiing accident i don't know it's nothing tennis related literally like my face was like scarred up like right here my busted lip I like came back to UCSD I was like I'm so sorry coach but let me just tell you and um it was a hard recovery it was like three months or so um yeah you're out for a while (laughs) yeah I was on the bench for a while um but I'm really grateful to have had the opportunity to still go to Hawaii um and play number seven um for that one match so I was really happy with that and Honestly, be, being with the team is motivating, and it's it's tough, you know, sitting out for a lot of the matches and having to watch, but um, I think all players are deserving of what they're playing, and, and just seeing my team being able to play these matches despite COVID, honestly, I'm really grateful for that as well. Um, but yeah, I've overcome a lot of injuries, like torn <laughs> wrists, like bad knees and concussions and all that crazy stuff, but honestly, it it, it hasn't brought me down too too much just because I have good supportive teammates and and I know that there will be opportunities in the future yeah and we have like the athletic training room to like like literally on our phones just to text away whenever we need them yeah so it's pretty nice to have that support um (laughs) unlike Kara I don't really get injured that often I think literally my worst injury ever would have to be so I actually opted out in the fall which means I wasn't here in the fall because um my parents were kind of iffy with COVID, so they didn't really let me back here. But after some consideration, <laughs> thank, like, thank goodness they let me come back for the winter, and that's when I moved in with Kara. Actually, <laughs> it was literally after the first day of workout. Yeah. We did sprints, and I think, like, my hip flexors were oh so God, weak, yeah. I had to start training them at, um, in the athletic training room for, like, the next, like, three weeks or something yeah. and I had to wear something that looked like a diaper it was like a giant diaper on her hip <laughs> so that so I could funny. so that I could actually play but yeah I had to like sit out for a couple of the practices because I was still like my muscles were just weak since I wasn't used to working out this hard but um I'm good now 
that was funny because we were both like super excited to be playing with one another again yeah like we were both back for the winter yeah we were ready like yeah. after winter break but no we were both injured. yeah and I like came back from my concussion like back to San Diego and I was like I'm ready to play and the trainers were like no and so we kept waiting and waiting and waiting for me to be cleared and then she had her like hip thing and we were both just waiting to like play with each other again which was funny yeah no, we can totally relate to that because, I mean, s- some of the span of time that Shravi and I got closest was basically these past four months because I sprained my both of my ankles in the span of two oh, months. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was, like, off the court for, like, a month total. So we can definitely relate to that. Having that support, like, I was texting Shravi, like, 24-7, bothering her all the time because <laughs> I was sitting at home, like, doing nothing except recovering. That's, like, me to you. So, yeah, that's, like, what we do. If we're, like, if we're not with each other... Like, like we'll we're constantly texting be texting each other. <laughs> <laughs> we have found our future versions of ourselves for yes. like a couple yeah. of years. <laughs> um, all right, Josephine, you want to hit them with the next question? Yeah, kind of moving on from the fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, actually, kind of more on the inspirational level, like, what's it like seeing so many former college tennis players doing so well on the professional level, whether, like, Jennifer Brady, who just made the Australian Open final, which is insane, uh, Daniel Collins, Mackenzie McDonald, like, all these players really coming up from, like, university, university tennis, which is where you guys are at now. Yeah, it's actually, like, that's a funny question, just because I know Mackie, and I know Danielle, um, because Danielle (laughs) went to IMG, um, which is where I went, and, um, so I heard a lot about her and all her success when I was, when I was there, and so we were basically just told everything that she was doing, and, you know, she'd come and train, and we'd see her and stuff, and Mackie went to the high school I went to before IMG, and he went, he trained at the exact same academy as I did in NorCal, and to see him go to UCLA, and then just be an inspiration to the town, to the town that I lived in at the time, and all of NorCal, honestly, um, and then go up to be such a successful professional player, you know, I mean, he's kind of short a little bit for, like, a professional player, like, He's a great player. It's just, like, seeing him come from, like, you know, just being, like, a normal guy um, that went to my high school and trained at the same academy as I was when I was literally 14 years old and seeing him now doing amazing things. It's honestly so inspiring. So, yeah, to see them, like, growing up in front of me and taking every stage, you know, Mackie and Danielle were pretty inspiring people, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I don't have that much of a personal connection to them. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, I feel like what they're doing is so inspiring just because I feel like the norms for tennis like tennis professionals is you like go pro when you're a teenager right when you're super young and that's like your life but they actually were able to get an education and then still continue on to what they wanted what they want to do right is to go pro so I think that's really inspiring for them to be able to like balance that college um, experience and then go on to be to continue being at that level too yeah it's it's really it's it's insane honestly that they were able to do that because yeah just like she said like you kind of make the choice of being a professional at a teenager at a teenage level so um to see them step out of that and become successful outside of those things is is, is really impressive yeah yeah, I mean, like, what you were saying, um, it's really cool that they were kind of able to do, like, they say you can't have everything, but they were able to get the education in something they were passionate about and, like, really um, become professional players like they wanted to. So, like I was saying, that they get the education and the tennis 
so everything sorry i just got a phone call so i was thrown <laughs> off <laughs> totally good all right this is our last question is kind of like the question we want to um you know think will be most useful for people listening but also for us too um but you know obviously college is something that's on the mind of high schoolers a lot especially as they kind of move into their junior and senior years so what advice would you give to current high schoolers who are considering college sports uh, specifically college tennis because we know both of you had maybe slightly different high school experiences you know one of you went to boarding school at img one of you didn't you know how you know how what kind of advice would you give current high schoolers who maybe want to step into that college sport aspect you go. Okay. Well, going to a public high school, <laughs> yes. I um, it was definitely like, I feel like for me, like I kind of decided that I wanted to go to the college level just because of um, my coach. And honestly, like I guess I didn't really answer that role model question before, but um, my sister was a very talented, like is a really talented tennis player. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but she's like, she was, she was a five-star recruit. She was always like (laughs) the better tennis player in our family. But, um, honestly, like seeing her get so good at tennis has inspired me to get better, especially in high school. So I think it's like, she was like one of my inspirations to get better and continue this, what I do in college. So I feel like once you find your inspiration, I think you can carry that on to the next four years of your life after high school. Yeah, that's that's honestly like a really good advice just to take that like you have to be inspired to play, you have to have purpose, you have to have motivation and you have to have passion. Um when I was 13 years old, you know, moving to the United States, I did not think that I for a second would be, you know, a division 1 collegiate athlete. Um but as things just turned around for me and I realized that I was actually really passionate about this. It was definitely something that I feel like I could just continue learning and I don't just say like I just you don't you don't just go out and play every single day you you kind of have to go out there with a purpose every single day and you have to want to improve because you think that like the goal is signing that recruitment paper but like the real goal is going to college and doing the best you can while you're there and I know that you know, there's there's steps every way, and first it's you know talking to coaches, then it's uh, signing to one school, and then it's and then it's getting there and trying to be on the lineup. But truly, it's just the entire process is just that you have to stay passionate and you have to want to keep improving every single day and keep loving what you do. Yeah, because it's definitely like a time commitment and. Um, this is what we're doing for the next two and a half years of our life. <laughs> yeah, if anyone is considering going D1, anyone who's actually listening, you know, like you guys, anyone, um, just do it for yourself and, and do it because you love it and that you want to continue to do this for the rest of your life because it, it tennis is the majority of our life and being with your team is the majority of your life and, and they're the people who are going to be around you for hours every single day waking up at six in the morning to do lifting with you even when you don't want to get out of bed you really have to commit yourself to that time but I don't think any of us have regrets and I don't think any of us would change it even though it's difficult it's it's what we love to do yeah no that's awesome advice and I know something that I've learned over the past few years is that you know college sports is so much more than maybe what people might think of that you know one track kind of situation there is you know you can play club tennis you can play intramural sports so I mean what about you know what would you say to high school players who 
might be really into tennis, right, but they're not totally sure if they want to or if they can commit to maybe, you know, playing full-time on a team. Like, Would you say that, you know, something like club or intramural sports also provides a fun option? Um, honestly, I feel like I can't really say much about it just because I don't really know much about intramural or club sports at our school. Yeah, we don't really... It's not very connected. I feel like the varsity level and the club level um, is quite different, especially in tennis. But I would say that if you're not 100% sure, I mean, you should contact coaches that, you know, you really feel like you would connect with on teams that you really feel like you would be great on. Um, And, you know, always try. But if it's not for you, then that's totally okay. And no one's going to force you to, you know, commit. And club sports I've heard are are a lot of fun and um I know um a few club sports players from UC Berkeley and they go to nationals and they go to um they go to like really big tournaments and really big matches and games and stuff and it's a lot of fun for them it's it's a commitment in itself but it's taking that passion and wanting to play but also not you know having the d1 commitment and um and all that yeah no that's so funny actually one of my best friends plays for the ucla club team for tennis i was talking about soccer i don't know why i didn't mention it. soccer i don't know anyone on the really? tennis club i was gonna team, say but... like ucla beat berkeley in club tennis last year oh my god See, i don't know anyone on the club team at berkeley but, um, but... yeah no i mean it's the same thing right you just have to have passion for the sport because again like i think like what I know from her schedule is just, it's another time commitment, and you're obviously choosing to play, so yeah, just keep loving what you do. So that pretty much wraps it up for our specific questions, but definitely before we close off, like, do you guys have any other advice you want our listeners to hear, or any closing thoughts, just to wrap it up? Yeah, I feel like kind of, like, just to say a little bit more about that last question, I feel like playing at the collegiate level is definitely, like, a mental and physical commitment because um, what you have to get mentally ready before workout, you have to get out of bed, you have to fuel yourself with like a breakfast bar or something or caffeine. And then before practice, you have to like spend an extra like hour eating, right? Eating the right foods for practice so that you have enough energy to go throughout that like two, three hour practice. And then it it's it's definitely like you have to be disciplined just because after practice you're just so tired right yeah like um we had we came back from practice like two hours ago or something so we're definitely like um physically tired but now it's kind of up to us to be like mentally awake so that we can do homework um yeah but yeah definitely i mean it sounds jarring and it is but honestly but it's, it's, so it's worth it, it. It's, it's so, so much yeah. like it's so much fun right you're part like, of something so special like it's so special to say you know you played college tennis you played college sports and you were part of this community in this department for athletes and it's it's so worth it despite like despite like the sweat and the tears and the pressure you know it's it's just yeah. It's so nice to be part of something special, and I feel like if you want to be part of something special and you have a passion for your sport and you want to carry it with you to college um, and into your academic life as well because it really does intertwine, then then definitely it's it's worth it 100%. Yeah, I mean, I found, like, my future bridesmaids, so... <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> definitely, yeah. You just find your best friends, and, yeah, even though tennis isn't, like, team sport, when you get to college, like junior tennis is tough like it is tough like going to tournaments alone like with your parents every weekend <laughs> like now you go to matches with your best friends like all the time like it, it's it's so nice yeah 
All right, thank you so much, Juliana and Kara, for joining us. We had a lot of fun. We learned a lot. I'm sure people listening learned a lot, too. It's always nice to have role models and people, you know, who you can chat with and look up to and have there to give you advice because, yeah, like, the transition from high school to college is difficult, and, um, you know, there's lots of unknowns there, and I think that this is going to be really helpful for people who are kind of, you know, trying to figure out that uh, transition or trying to um, decide what they want to do with college tennis. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. having us. Thank you so much for joining us and that is game, set, and match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the tournaments this week and of course, all the tea on tour. Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore Tennis Pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released soon as the clay season picks up and Monte Carlo awaits. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravia. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hold on to your racket until next time.